I think I probably had a bad attitude. I was 17, thought I knew it all. It was probably hard work. Yeah. But um, what I needed someone, as we talked about with direction at college, I didn't have the direction. I needed someone to bully me into it. I've got ADHD, um, so undiagnosed, but through my son being diagnosed, I've sort of realized I've definitely got some of these traits. People look at you and think, oh, we need doing well, we need doing great, they're doing some great. I'm working 10 times harder than someone without ADHD. Well, everything in me was saying, you've got to move yourself forward, you're, you're stuck in a rut here. That's when I got on with it and I realized this ain't that hard. It, it's hard work, but it's worth it. Every effort you put in, you get back out. This podcast is sponsored by JHS. JHS has a solution to meet any project you may have. From small residential all the way through to high-end commercial, JHS has a hand-picked commercial LVT, vinyl, carpet tile and a variety of broadlooms to meet every level of budget and specification. Visit jhscarpets.co.uk, contact them directly and get your local area manager to pop in for a cup of tea. Now sit back, enjoy the show and don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Right, Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Not about the company, but first of all, what's Jeff Remington's backstory? Um, where do I start? At the sort of school level? And yeah, sort of, go over that, yeah. Um, what? Struggled in school a little bit, bit of a disruptive child. Um, so, you know, school's hard for me. Came out with some decent GCSEs in the end, um, but was told definitely don't apply for sixth form, we won't have you. You know, so my options were not going to be doing that. Um, yeah. I tried college. I needed more direction than they give you at college. It had been so free from being so constricted, didn't do me any favours. So I had to get a job. Right. Uh, Mum and dad were not going to put up with me sitting at home doing what I was doing. I wasn't doing a lot, put it that way. Um, yeah. So uh went to college. Computers was the thing in 1997 when I left school. Was that there? there? Everyone was 10 years. The future is the future. It's also really, really boring. And I could not hack that. The thing is, I think they're weeding the ones out who aren't going to complete it. They start you on binary code. It's the most boring thing ever. It's the easiest way to get the chaff out, I think. And I was the chaff. I was not going to stay there. Um, so I needed a job. I looked in the paper back then. There was no internet. So you looked in the back of the paper and a guy wanted an apprentice carpet fitting. Brilliant. Yeah. Didn't need any qualifications. Do you want to start? Um, I remember I turned up with uh, my record of achievement with all my GCSEs in at the interview in a shirt and tie and yeah. the bloke barely hold his laughter in about it. He really could. He was a good bloke. And he, I learned then I don't need all this. This yeah. doesn't matter. They just want you to graft. I understood then. Um, it lasted there about six months before he told me you ought to find another career because you are not going to be a floor layer. And he but, told yeah. me that's great. Yeah. So yeah. I'm being straight about it. I had, I think I probably had a bad attitude. I was 17, thought I knew it all. I was probably hard work. Yeah. But um, what I needed someone, as we talked about with direction at college, I didn't have the direction. I needed someone to bully me into it almost. And luckily, I phoned through the yellow pages, every single carpet fair in the book. Some of them were guys like me saying, look, I'm not employing people. I'm just a guy in the yellow pages. They were completely honest with me, but said, try these people, try these people. So I kept following this trail. Yeah. And eventually I got to a shop. I was phoning about 10, 11 o'clock, which was way too late. The fitters are out by then. Um, and they said, phone tomorrow, quarter to nine. So I did. Uh, and a bloke said to me, brilliant, can you start tomorrow? And I was like, uh, I can remember saying, oh, it'd be better if I started Wednesday. He said, no, it's tomorrow. 
Yeah. And and so I started that day, and I worked for that guy for seven years. Uh, Believe. Yeah, yeah. So I learned all, a lot of things there. Not necessarily about floor laying. He wasn't the greatest floor layer, I can't lie. No. Um, but I learned a lot about business, customer service, how to get paid. Yeah. You know, and, and so I learned a lot there. Um, and so I went self-employed after those seven years. Um, I will say, I say the main reason I worked for that bloke for seven years is because I didn't have a driving licence. Right, OK. I was a lazy so-and-so. I wouldn't do anything. Um <laughs> And it took us falling out for me to be stuck on my own to go and get my driving license. And from there, I just flew. Uh, there was work everywhere. Um, yeah. So uh, I worked for, I've just mainly been a subcontractor up until COVID, working for other people, a little bit of my own work, you know, just a one man band, an apprentice sometimes, because you know what they're like. They don't always last, they know any no, no. good. Um, Sometimes I've teamed up with other fitters and we've just split things down the middle. Um, and I've done it just surviving, basically. Not a lot else until COVID hit and things like that. And I had to up my game a little bit. So we've started advertising, changed the company name from GR Flooring. So it's the same company, we just rebranded. Um, yeah. And yeah, everything's been snowballing like that since then. So yeah, doing doing really well. Brilliant. And so whereabouts in the country? And as you mentioned carpets, but do you just do carpets or how no, did well, Remington right. so, yeah. look? So go back what, to that look? guy I worked for for seven years would do anything. He right. didn't care. He'd never done it before. He would jump in, chuck me in. And I had no pressure. I mean, he didn't know what he was doing. So we got to learn a lot of stuff quickly, the hard way, perhaps. Um, but we always got paid. Every job was great. Um, but yeah, he would take on anything. Wood, laminate. When laminate was sort of tongue and groove and you had to glue it. Yeah, there was none yeah. of this click stuff. No. I remember being chucked in with that. I'd never seen it before. I was like, what is this stuff? Um, yeah, so he would chuck me into the deep end and I sort of thrive off that pressure anyway. Um, and yeah, so I, I taught myself how to do everything, basically. Brilliant. How, yeah. how does the business look now? Um, you know, like like last month, what, what, what does Remington Floors look like fast forward? Uh, what from the one man band that I was and things like that? No, just like how, what, like what are you fitting on a day to day basis? Oh right, how, so how does I've, the company look today, like? Uh, like this week's uh, been a little bit of carpet at the start of the week, um, and then it's LBT prep. We've been doing ASEX in bit of plying, ready in preparation for today because we're doing this interview. I've got my guys there today, so I wanted to make sure everyone's ready. So we've got two LBT jobs to do, one about 16 square metres, another hallway that's about 15. So that's a typical day for us today. Um, but we we could be fitting parquet engineered, if, you know, open plan thing one, one week, uh, sanding floors, reconditioning, restoration of floors the next. I like yeah. the mix. I like that that guy I worked for threw me into the deep end all the time because now I'm not afraid. I'm the diversification that just keeps me busy all the time. Yeah. Um, and at the moment, that's really good for the guys that work for me because they're getting the same experience in a way with a lot more support than I had. But they're getting the same experience that I got by doing this one week, dropping that, going back to this and then coming back to what you were doing a few weeks ago, remembering those skills and things. And it's hard for them yeah. at the start, but they, they, it, I think it's a good way to do it. Like and what's I say, the, they've got a lot more support than I had. I was left there, dropped off. Give me a <laughs> ring when you're finished. Um, I am not like that at all. I spoon feed everything, break it down into small chunks for them. And uh, yeah, they're doing great. And what's the team look like now? I know I've obviously spoken to your wife, Natalie. Who yeah, else yeah. have you got that, ha that helps you on the team? 
Um, I've had a guy for t- just over two years now. He's been here and he's like me right hand. He's brilliant. He's dependable. We, I broke all the rules employing him. He's a friend of mine. Um, but he has not ever blurred the boundaries between work and friendship ever. Um, he's a he's a great guy. I can just I just know he's up every morning. Yeah. Every morning, I know he's up. He used to be a baker, so I knew he could get up when I when I employed him. Um, yeah. So uh, and uh, yeah, so and he has never ever let me down ever. And that's if I'm sure you've had guys before. They're flaky. Their interests are not paying their bills. They're living with their mum and dad still. Get like I was. Um, it's it's difficult to keep people on. But this guy. He's a dream employee. I don't know how how we find another one. I no. don't think I ever will. Uh, yeah, he's a great guy. And so, are you doing predominantly now supply and fit, or do you still do a bit of subbing, or how does that I've look been, now? Having done it twenty five plus years, it's hard to get away from these subcontractors. They they like you. They know what they get with you. Um, I might be a bit blunt and tell you exactly how it is, but <laughs> I will do the job. And if I've done it, it's been done properly. That's that's the main thing. Um, so it's hard to get away from this subcontracting because you've got these relationships you've built up for so long. You don't want to just bin them off. No, no, um, no. So it's hard at the minute. I want to get just supply and just doing my own stuff. And right. it, like I said, it's snowballing. Since I started putting effort into advertising um, and marketing, social media, it's just getting a bit crazy, to be honest. Hence Natalie, who has not ever been in the flooring industry. She's in the theatre industry. Right. Um, has had to come in to help me because I can't manage it all. Just no. could not could not cope with it all. I'd be going mad. Um, so Natalie has taken loads of that off me in the last 12 months. Um, she does all the paperwork and stuff like that. I don't have to deal with any quotes. I just go measure, do all the chit-chat that I'm good at, and then I drop it. I don't have to think about it. In fact, when, the, when it's in the diary, I can't even think who the customer is. I've had so little contact compared to how I used to. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a relief, honestly. I don't know what I'd do without it, though. So, there's that. so with that with you still doing a bit of subby work i'm going to ask the old um question how are they i don't need to know the absolute ins and outs but are they paying you day rate are they paying you by the meter do you dictate that price or do they dictate that price it depends who it is there's some that i'm quite happy to take sometimes they get it right sometimes they get it wrong but predominantly they get it right so i take the rough and the smooth and i keep quiet as long as it don't keep happening and then I'll say something. So I've got those guys and then I've got guys that just don't get it right ever. And right. I, them, I say, this is not enough. You're not going to get me there for that money. And, no. uh, and they don't, unfortunately, they don't ever seem to get the message. They keep doing it. You know, they keep putting in the wrong price. I always dictate to them. Um, but it's, um, you know, that's how you have to be sometimes. So in terms of day rate, I've, I have a target I need to get to every day to make yeah. sure I'm not doing this for fun. Um, I know what that is. Most of them, they price them well enough to to just be inside that or over it, really, anyway. So it works out pretty good. Okay, brilliant. And what, since you've been in the flooring industry, do you think, as a general, as a whole, what do you think the biggest issue with the flooring industry is? Um, Standard of work, I think, is the hardest thing. Uh, And staffing. I mean, I'm only a small company, but... you need when you're small. You need to have someone really dependable. So staffing is an issue. The main main thing is the the standard of work. There's a, there's so many OTs out there that are so cheap now. Yeah, I kind of don't want to touch them anyway. So they're left for other people to pick up, and you see what they do to it, and it's it's not the it's not right, is it? You know, and no. um, yeah. So that and also 
I know there must be some good training centers out there, but I've been sending my guy to it and I ain't that impressed with the the way it's set up. I think there's, you know, there must be other places that perhaps we should have sent him somewhere else. And I think if I get someone else, I would. But um, yeah, so that's another thing, some sort of standardization of how people are trained as well. I think that's been brought up on the podcast before about how to do that. But I think it always comes down to who would fund it, who would fund a national body and how would you get accredited? Um, you know, so and I heard someone say last time who would be interested. He said, I wouldn't be. I've been doing this 25 years. Why do I need a, you know, it's all there if you want to look at it, you know? Yeah. Um, so I probably wouldn't be interested in it. So it's hard, isn't it? You're stuck in this dichotomy of where you want the new ones to have it, but I don't want to do it. So, yeah. So I think, I think even the, like yourself been doing it 25 years, or even if you've been doing it three years, I think one of the, I think I answered it on a Q&A the other, what would I have done differently when I set up? And I think it's embracing different training, different things. So, you know, you might go and do an LVT course here. You might go and do a, a subfloor prep there. And it's them golden nuggets. You might still go for a day or two days. But if you pick up three items that you can implement in the business going forward, that might be so simple that you kind of already knew them, but you weren't doing them, that can yeah. change, you know. And I think that's probably a better way, in my opinion, of learning is – just getting yourself out there and going and do these things and picking up them. And then that would just make you better rather than if you went and did the, the national approved certificate and blue Peter badge, let's say, and you get it, is that going to make you a better fitting? Cause you've, you, you've learned it their way, but why not go and experience it from different people? That's yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's a yeah, right or a wrong answer, but I was um, talking about before from a training from starters, but yeah, training for, for people who've been doing it 25 years, how completely valid. I mean, that's something I certainly, have caught up and kept doing in the past. I haven't done anything for ages, but we're looking at getting uh, me and Sam on a herringbone course just to, we, we can do it. Yeah. But it's sometimes we're fumbling around in the dark and getting it right. It would be nice to have a torch shine on it. So we're, that's what we're looking to do next year. Well, later this year, hopefully, maybe early next year. Um, so yeah, it's important to keep whoever you are, wherever stage you're at, to keep up with your training keep your training absolutely so you mentioned the cheap lvt you're not a fan of uh what are you a fan of what is your go-to product manufacturer um what what's your favorites it's it's all a whole thing isn't it like it's the people who choose the nicer products have got a different customer aren't they so yeah. it, it's not just the product you're in it's where you are the environment you're in the type of client you're with so yeah when you go with the nicer products the, the more expensive stuff let's be honest you tend to have a nicer time anyway, um, as long as you can do it, that is, you know, you, as long as you haven't got stress of, oh, I don't know what I'm doing here. Um, but say, Candine and Antico customers, they're, they're a bit more discerning if they're going for that anyway, because um, there's so much other stuff they could have gone for, Yeah, but they've gone for that. They obviously know their stuff. I like people who know what they're doing. It makes an easy customer, doesn't it? Um, and you, all you have to do is make it look like it did in the brochure. Brilliant. That's, that's easy. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, sorry, remind me where we were again. <laughs> well, your favorite, favorite product, yeah, favorite, favorite, favorite product. But really, my favorite thing to do, although we do carpets, vinyls, the bread and butter stuff that I started on, um, my favorite thing to do is the wood. I love doing wood. I love the planning out, all the, you know, all the, all the different stages of it. You, know, I've got ADHD, um, so undiagnosed, but through my son being diagnosed, I've sort of realized I've definitely got some of these traits. So having the job broken down into pieces is perfect for me you know these stages um yeah so i've just booked wood. my adhd test 
I've just I've uh, yeah. So I said I looked at the trades. I've done. So I don't know if it's classed as counselling, but I had to be like, um, I had to do five one-hour sessions of like a um, an, a, a sort of assessment, and then they've referred me to my GP. Then my GP can then give me the right to choose to go private. But it's still yeah, yeah. three months. So yeah, I've just I've just done that, which I thought was uh, I wish massively... I had time to do that. I'm too busy doing everything else to do it. And uh, yeah, but yeah, it's something that I I will look to in the future. But seeing my son having all this support um to help him, I obviously I never had any of that. And you know, it's nice to see something else happening. Uh so it does make you aware that maybe you should be looking at yourself as well. It's exactly the same. My son's been tested for I'm off the scale. I've got I've got a mass. It's not an ego thing. I've got a huge IQ, but I'm also on the other end of the scale. I've got massive dyslexia. So that then, like, so even if I had the IQ, let's say the knowledge, I can't actually get it out. Yeah. So and, and, get and, it on paper and prove it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and my um, my son's just got his school report. He's twelve. I mean, he's exceptional at. Um, stunt scootering and things like that and he's um but when he puts his mind to something he gets like hyper focused and get you know big results but then you'll ask him to like describe an orange teapot he'll say it's orange and he's like right yeah, but what no describe it well it's orange and like so his whole school report says william does the bare minimum if you ask him to say it he will do it unbelievable if it comes out of his mouth he's world class you ask him to write it down you're wasting your time and that's pretty much identical yeah, to me. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, you ask me to write a a blog, I'm like, it'll take me half a day. You'll be asking me to give you some ideas to how to write a blog and what to do with it. I'll tell you straight away, but you need to write it down yourself. Um, yeah. So it's, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Sounds sounds familiar. Put it that way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's it, and uh, I found it. And there isn't a cure as far as I understand in any format for AJT. There's there's two. There's one medical treatment, which is actually, I think I was described as it's like amphetamine, which is interesting. So what doesn't, would doesn't affect- sound appealing, but each <laughs> their own. Everyone's got to make their own choices about things like that, haven't they? I don't judge anyone who's who's doing that with their children. It's like, it's not, I'll be honest, it's not something I'm looking at. I'd probably look at other things because uh, at the end of the day, it's... Um, you can see it as a weakness or you can see it as a superpower. And I'm definitely one of those people. I'm a survivor. So I, I see it as a superpower and it's got me through. Um, oh, 100%. You know, yeah, definitely. So I don't want to stifle that flame in somebody, but it was what got me through. The last thing you want to do is stifle it because at the end no. of the day, it's what gives you your resilience. You know, uh, from an early age, you notice people don't quite get you or you're oh. not quite the same as everyone else. So you, that's ingrained <laughs> in you very early. So you get this resilience of, well, you can either be the wallflower or you can go piss off i'm i'm here you know and i think i was a piss off i'm here sort of thing uh yeah so i don't want to stifle that you know i think it's important so i think it's certainly something that allows me to channel everything i've got into my work i love fitting floors i love the satisfaction of the piece work you know you've got the uplift you get that done satisfaction the place is spotless now we're ready for the next stage let's yeah. try it out or let's do the primer. And there's all this this completion all the time, which is great for my ADHD brain. It just ticks all the boxes for me. And uh, get and obviously doing it right, because the next stage is easy then. So you get even more satisfaction. So if you've messed it up, you make the next stage harder, don't you? So, yeah, I love the way, the way you've just got to do everything right, the formulaic thing about floor laying. Uh, cut a corner. Uh, it's ironic, and it seems we do cut corners. But yeah. cut a corner and... Uh, and it, it all come undone. You can't do that. You've got to do everything right. Um, yeah. 
doesn't yeah. sit. It doesn't sit well with me with the, this. As a, this is medical way, which didn't sit well with me. But the the main way of getting around the ADHD is understanding. Which then, if that's transpired, you know, again, I'm maybe making an assumption. But if if Natalie understands your ADHD, like as in Sarah would understand mine, how we like if you come in and go right, we're doing this quotation. It's a bedroom. It's that. If the other person understands how you're getting that across, the productivity can go through the roof. You know, it's just, yeah, definitely. It, it, the, the the other cure is understanding. That's it. Is just thinking. Okay, Jeff, Tom, or whoever. Um, is going to come back with this type of information presented in this way. We're now going to turn that into something else that someone else would understand. Um, and that's, that's the bit I'm interested in is about the understanding of how to develop tactics and strategies of how to make it more superpower. I mean, it already is one, but yeah, I mean, yeah. you can definitely, if you understand it better, you can then deliver, you know, and then when you put yourself in a situation, well, yeah, you're not going to survive very well in that situation, but if you do it in this way, it's going to be world class for you. So no, yeah. I'm with, with you on so that. About regular, regulating your dopamine, isn't it? That's where I'm getting my hit of my dopamine. From doing the prep perfect, I get a massive dopamine off, hit off that. Then from setting it out and realising, yeah, I've got this bang on on the herringbone, you know, all my cats are just where I want them, brilliant. I get a massive dopamine hit off that. And then seeing Sam coming on, I get a dopamine, is it, you know, I've got all these things. That's what you've got to keep, you've got to have something to look forward to. You got yeah. to, so that's what we do with our son. We, if you've got a big task to do, we'll break it down. So he gets that satisfaction, I've done that. And we'll have a yay party, brilliant, you've done that bit, you know, excellent. We'll have a sip of a drink, let's get on to the next bit. And he'll just go on, like you say, with a hyper-focus. He can hyper-focus on something he's not interested in if it's not too long. So (laughs) that's what we have to do with him. Uh, But, yeah, but like you were saying, if he, my son is hyper-fixated with, um, what's the thing, Uh, it's a a film. I've, it's, I've gone blank now I'm trying to look around me but he's, he's hyper fixated on this film and he knows all the facts about these Jaegers and these um, Kaijus which are monsters and he'll tell you all the stats about each one of them so when he wants to know about something he can he can really do it yeah no it's uh, same with mine with scootering you know anything with scootering mine's just you know. starting I spent a lot of time at the skate park the last weekend he's just starting and uh, he's uh, eight and yeah coming on really good yeah, no, I'm I'm fully behind him as long as he keeps wearing his helmet and his knee pads, which is sometimes a challenge. But anyway, um, yeah. so over the years, yeah. Jeff, what is the best and the worst bit of advice someone has ever given you? I already know the best. Um, what was that? This is one that really stuck with me. Uh, I was doing a job in a with quite a wealthy client's house, and he and he was very chatty. And usually we sort of get left alone, but he was having a chat, brought a coffee, he was having chats. How are you doing? Are you busy? And I said, I am flat out. This was probably about 10 years ago. And I was flat out. I said, I don't, I've got to turn work down. I just, I just, I, you know, I just don't know what to do. I'm flat out. He said, put your prices up, is what he said to me. Put your prices up. And I, my face went, you can't do that. Like, this is the price that's set. You know, this is what everyone's charging. Um, yeah. I don't want to be that expensive, you know. And he said, he said, put it like this. This is, uh, I know you probably already know this, but at the time I was, I was just, oh, penny dropped when he said, um, you will lose customer because you're too expensive, but you will still be busy. And what you've lost, you've made up because you put your prices up a little bit. So don't worry. And you can just keep doing that, he said, and people will, will pay it and some won't. It won't yeah. matter. Um, I did that literally the next week, just a little bit to test the water. It made no difference. Yeah. Did it a little bit more. And it made this started making a little difference. And it was heartbreaking when people were saying no. And I had to, I'd never had to have the, 
I've got everything rehearsed in my head for anything, any customers, customer, anything they say. Yeah. I've sort of I've answered it before, so I know how to deal with it. But I'd never dealt with someone saying I was too expensive before. Yeah. So you have to learn to tactfully say, you know, that's I completely understand, perfectly willing to work for you in, in the future if the situation changes. You've got to find these these answers out of somewhere. And I remember that being quite a shock. But that's probably the best advice. You can't just indefinitely put your prices up forever. You've got no. to be realistic. But um, being a one man, this is really advice for the, the one man banders out there. If, you, if you're if you struggling with your workload, maybe put your prices put up a little bit. Yeah, Many, yeah. yeah. yeah you'll, you'll just weed out the ones you didn't want anyway. Like those, those budget LVT jobs that don't want to pay for the prep. They're shocked that the prep costs more than the fitting of the thing you know and this you just weed out all of those straight away we get this all the time um at and Co with our clients um if you're always working for the higher level clients that are paying like you know let's say you uplift your prices 20 percent today and all your clients are paying that those customers that are expecting you know remington floors jeff to be at that rate they all have friends and contacts that will expect that level of service that price that level of quality if you then focus on the cheap end of Jeff's cheap, this, you know, do, you know, he's all right, but he, you know, he's, he's cheap and he sometimes turns up miraculously. All your customers will be like that. I mean, yes, some will fall through the net, but the one, the guys and the girls that are running around like super busy, unfortunately they're like feeding these cheaper customers and it, but it's a big chicken in the egg. Cause you like, well, I haven't got enough work to put my price up, but I'm still getting crap customers. But as soon as you start winning jobs at a higher rate, you're like, well, hang on, I can do the same day's work with the same van, the same product, and someone's going to pay me 20% more. That's right, yeah. But you've got to offer 20% more value, as in show up when you said, do what you said you're going to do, et cetera, and all the other good things like that. But it, it people's confidence are just like, well, I can't do that. And that's that. I completely agree with you, Jeff. That's, you know, I, I wish I'd, I think I said it on, the, again, one of my Q&As, what, what would I have? done different and then realize my worth from day one you know so if you could start out a business very unlikely to then be charging what you're charging in 10 years time that that's where mm-hmm. the, if you can get that level of confidence quicker um you know think you you, do, you don't get yourself in any hot water yeah and you're, you're jumping the load of steps that other people would get stuck on basically aren't you yeah. um so going to the worst advice um, yeah. I don't. I can't really think of anything. Um, I suppose this is my biggest criticism of myself is I didn't bloody get on with stuff. Yeah, I, I'm actually quite good. I could have been good then, but I was more interested in having a laugh with my mates, going to festivals, bugging yeah. off to Spain for three months, just bumming about. I was more interested in doing stuff like that at the time. And I think if I, th- I think it was because I thought it was too much. It was too scary. It's too much. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. Um, and I think I just best advice is get out there. Don't listen to cunt. Because I got told, oh, you can't do that a lot. And I just listened to it. Um, it was only when I had to do it, I didn't have any choice. And like, I, well, everything in me was saying, you've got to move yourself forward. You're, you're stuck in a rut here. That's when I got on with it. And I realised this ain't that hard. It, okay. It's hard work, but it's worth it. Every effort you put in, you get back out, you know? And uh, yeah, don't listen to can't. No. I got told <laughs> can't a lot. And that's that's my, the worst advice I'd sort of listen to. Take the tea off can't is what I used to get. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> something I got told, um, and I tell my kids, is like, if I said I can't, they say, well, you can't then. Because if you say you can, you can. 
if you yeah. say you can't, you can't. And uh, yeah, it, it gets a little bottom lip stuck out for my little boys, but they, they know what I'm saying. And yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's resilience. It builds up resilience. As I just won't touch on that again. Uh, you've got to be resilient in this game if you want to do what I did and be a one-man band because sometimes you don't earn any money. Sometimes someone doesn't pay your, your contractor and they can't pay you straight away. You have to be able to deal with those ups and downs, don't you? And that's, I think that's right across the board with people's like leverage. And if you can create your own leverage to get on with stuff, but most a lot of people will only start taking action when, as you said, when there's a problem, when there's a reason to. But the ones that are getting the, the results much quicker create their own leverage, you know, put themselves in a corner. And these are the results we want to get, and this is how we're going to get it. But the ones that sort of will take action before, again, it's a slow process, but everyone's just human. So what we'll do is we'll move on to um, what is there any jobs, Jeff, that has stood out to you that is your number one favorite job you've ever done or or what is what's the one that comes straight to mind there are so i've been privileged to work on a lot of different stuff i've been in commercial flooring i've been in all sorts i've done really posh hotel work uh, the side panels in places so it is hard to think of plate uh, things but i think if i go back about 10 years i was working on a project and it was fairly green on managing projects i had about five guys i was managing on a site and it was uh, about five thousand meters of lbt to be prepped yeah. and fitted um in commercial uh settings so you've got everything going on everyone's in there you know and there was a real challenge the challenge is what i'm proud of it's like that yeah. shouldn't have got done but we got it done uh and that was an old people's home it was their flagship one i won't mention the company because i was a subcontractor and i don't want to get into tagging everybody that was involved at the end of the day but um yeah it was a massive place uh I think King uh, King Charles, he was Prince Charles then. He designed a little village down in uh, Dorset, I think, in memory of the Queen Mother. And right. it was their flagship uh, place down there. And it looked absolutely amazing by the job. We worked against everything to get that done. All the guys worked really well with me. It was a, a dream team. Um, putting in weekends, doing all sorts of weird stuff that I don't do anymore, you know, to get it done. But, yeah, yeah real proud moment that that's all still there. You know, that'll be there a long time. Um, yeah. yeah. Jobs like that make me proud. But um, it's the challenging ones that stick out, you know. The stuff you can't see. You, if I took you there, you'd never know what I'd had to go through to get the floor looking like that. They're the ones that stick out in my mind. So I'm not going to bore you with stories of terrible <laughs> floor levels that I've had to chuck 41 units of latex in just to get it anywhere near level. Because they're the things I'm proud of, the stuff you would never see. Uh, I, lo- I love that, Jeff. I think, again the more this podcast has gone on, the more I'm sort of asking myself these questions. Now you've mentioned that we did a job for Hull University, which you know, was just used for, I think it was a chemistry block. And just all them things you were telling me about, like the detail and the lads and the, the size of the job. And I mean, it was the dream job for us when we got that. But when I now look back, exactly right. Like you would never, you would go in there and you do your chemistry stuff and it just looks like a chemistry lab. Yeah. But the amount yeah, of effort it, it took to get it that, that you know, one room was 600 meters and they had bespoke ducts with little brass um screws oh, and it had to be all been, turned the right there. way and also yeah so it's, it's really interesting for me to reminisce on that of mine as well um on a bit more of a negative note what's the biggest fuck up you've done jeff um i don't know let's have a think because <laughs> they happen all the time all the time you can't you can't be doing the vault, can't be vault human. work we do and not make a mistake. I always say, though, 
it's not the mistakes you make, it's what you do to sort it out and no one ever knows. That's, it's a triumph. Again, I'm talking about things you don't see. So the biggest fuck up, what's got to be the biggest? I mean, I fucked up last week. I had a busy week doing a, a soundproofing job. I've measured up all the soundproofing perfectly because that's the bulk of the, the bill is that I've done that. And I've yeah. left two cuts off the carpet and, the, and we, we get to site and there's two carpets missing. So the, these things happen all the time, yeah. you know. So to say what's the worst one, I really thought, I think, like, is there anything that really hit you in the pocket? What's the biggest thing that's hit you in the pocket? Oh, um, I'm quite lucky. I am, oh, uh, I'm quite lucky. I really have not ever not been paid on a job ever in 26 years. Um, I, somebody tried to shortchange me once. He said that uh, I got a labourer who, who happened to push trolleys in NASDA on a, on a Monday to Friday. He was helping me on a Saturday. And the customer's yeah. gripe was that he wasn't a floor layer. Well, he wasn't laying your floors. I was. He was just carrying <laughs> stuff for me. And he said yeah. he was knocking X amount off the bill. Um, I said, all right, no worries. I just left it. I can't be arguing with you about it. It's fine. Um, but I did draft a little email. I don't know if you do this when you're angry. I might draft the odd email just up to get all my thoughts and passion out there. And I don't press send. Oh. Well, this this email I typed up, but I never press send. It was in me, me outbox, sitting there, ready to go out, you know, you in your... In your on your phone and I've been pocket dialing one day about 12 months later and I'd sent it to them and I and I got an email back from him saying I'm ever so sorry I don't understand why this has not been paid I will send a check straight away so I got a check 12 months later so that's the only time someone sort of tried to do that to me and uh and I still got paid anyway um so what's hit me in the pocket I mean I like you say we're talking if there's a mistake you've got to pay for it those two carpets they can't be added to the bill I've messed up that's that's my lookout oh well little bit off my profit margins and my mistake i'm a true believer in you've got to pay for your own mistakes otherwise you don't learn so what else have i had to pay for i, I to be honest mate it, it happens on a monthly basis i have to shell out <laughs> about a quid on materials i forgot oh i forgot to get this i forgot <laughs> to get that um yeah i don't punish myself too hard for it because i really do learn i don't tend to make the same mistake twice no, but, no. Uh, yeah so I'll be, I'll be extra diligent for the next few months i'm making sure all my measurements yeah. making sure i got my cut list so it'll be a while before I do that again. Um, oh, I've been quite lucky. Believe, believe. You, you um, make mistakes, you cover them up is my answer to that. I think there's a, a couple of messages I've learned. Uh, one, if a customer has an issue with anything, act ultra fast. That's one of the things that I learned. Um, and then the other thing, exactly about your email thing, if you ever just feel a need to go and write an email and vent yourself, write the email, shut the laptop, go to bed, Get back up in the morning. If you still feel like that email needs to be sent, push yeah. send. Do not send it the day you wrote it. That was all a world-class bit of advice for me. Yeah. Where you think, hey, type it away, fucking this, fucking that, and then you Ooh, just, yeah. and then you just either do or you don't. Um, was the, a really good bit for me. So I get it, it makes you really think about when you, even just when you're writing it angrily. It makes you really think about your point and what you're trying to get across for one. So when you do refer it, like you're saying in the morning, you're looking at it, and if you, like you say, if you don't agree with that now, then don't definitely don't send it. You know, um, I can't say I've ever looked at one of those emails and thought, yeah, anyone deserves to hear that rant. You know, no. it always needs some adjustment. You know, that's just how it is. But it's good, it's healthy and cathartic to get that out of your system because then you don't go and blurt it out to their face when you meet them. No. You know, you, you've got it out of your system. So when you meet them, you've already gone through that scenario. It wasn't where I wanted to go. We're going to go in a different direction. So, yeah, great advice, that one. 
And I think um, I've seen Sarah do in our flooring business in the past where we've had like a job, 20, 30 grand. We actually remember a job. We had a job that this guy would send it like every two days. He would send an email of his little gripes. He said, like, started the email. I'm not really complaining and I don't really normally write emails, but, and then he'd itemize these sort of like, oh, there was a little bit of dust left on my car wing mirror. And then, oh, the lads left at uh, five to five. Uh, and, you know, it was all this type of stuff. And, like, like most people could have like just got like, Anyway, Sarah spoke to him, calmed him down from all these little gripes. It was a big job. It was a very valuable job. And then at the end of the job, she phoned him up and said, right, just to let you know, sign-off will be tomorrow. You must be at home when sign-off's there. We want you to walk around the property. Da, 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 da. So everything's so – he didn't turn up at all. He said, oh, I'll definitely be there. He wasn't there at all. Anyway, so the lads returned back to, to base, 6 o'clock, um, and then – Email comes in at 10 to I think it was like 10 to 7. Hi, Sarah, just some points from today. And she's like, Are you having a laugh? Like, I literally told you to be on, you know, be on site, sign everything off. The lads would have addressed anything. No, he sends this email. So, what she could have done, I mean, and in fact, what I think she did do was start writing an email back. And then we just shut the laptop. She jumped in the car. She didn't ring him. She didn't email him. She just jumped in the car, drove 30 minutes up the road to this house, knocked on the door, half past seven. How are you doing? Like that, and literally flattened all it. You know, the lads had to go back and I think you know, clean dust off the fireplace or whatever. It it was really trivial stuff. But you know, then he, he literally we did those little items. He paid instantly. Then wrote another email saying how fabulous we were and left us a review. But anyone could have took that email. This blog's a complete knob. You know, he was just thorough, is what he was. Yeah, but yeah. The email yeah. come across quite aggressive and quite like. You know, this is not acceptable behavior to be leaving at five to five and all this. Like, some people might have got the backup, but sometimes just nipping it in the bud, grabbing it and just embracing it. You know, we're paid, good review, out you go. Everyone's different. So, it's, uh... um, so Jeff, if I give you a thousand quid now, what what are three things you would spend it on? Oh, uh, you wouldn't get three things. I'd be spending on equipment straight away. <laughs> that grand would be gone in one item. So, yeah, right. grand's nothing in it. It's nothing for good equipment. Like the price tag on some of these sanding tools and things like that, like that'd be that'd be dwarfed. I'd have to chip in another seventy percent to go with it. I think. Have you got anything on your on your hot list at the moment? What are you missing in the van? Uh, I want to get. Uh, I've always ran Bonner sanding machines. Uh, through one way or another, lost my band the sanding machine through someone borrowing it and it getting nicked. Never, wow. it's gone, wasn't insured. So I'd like to replace that with a newer one. I don't necessarily need a new one because I've had second hand before. They're great bits of kit. You just need to look after them, don't you? Uh, but yeah, it would be a new wide belt sander for that. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. And three people you would love to have a pint with in a pub, dead or alive? Oh. I tell you, the first one, my granddad. Yeah. Oh, I'd miss him dearly. Great bloke, real, real role model for me. And uh, yeah, to have a point with him, I'd give anything. And I'm sure anyone. That's a bit of an obvious one, but he really is. Uh, you hear my voice cracking. He's yeah. been, he's been mad. He was yeah. my buddy. He was. Um, so we'd have him. Um, now this is going to make for an interesting conversation. Who would we? How else would we have? Um, you, your granddad. Yeah, Kurt <laughs> anyone Bain, else? Maybe. Kurt Cobain, a bit of a rocker into yeah. Nirvana and things like that. So it'd be Kurt Cobain and who else? Um, we'll have, uh, goodness me, this is hard because I don't want to ruin the dynamic of this conversation, you know, <laughs> between me, my granddad and Kurt. Who are we going to have? We have to have someone to balance it out. Um, 
Oh. <laughs> I, I sorry, I, I didn't want to get, get stumped. I'm really thinking now. Uh, I hear everyone else on the podcast get stumped at these questions. I'm thinking, oh, just say something, just say something. But it, once you're on the spot, it's really hard, isn't it? Um, I'm well into my music, so it might be another musician like Jimi Hendrix or something like that. That would be someone really, all real iconic people. I'm yeah. sure my granddad would have liked to be at least one of them. <laughs> Maybe not Kurt Cobain, I don't think, but uh, yeah, at least Jimmy. I love it, I love it. And what is the least favourite part of your job? What do you hate doing? It's funny, I've been thinking about that, and it's finishing a job. It's the anti-climax, isn't it? I don't really... And it's nice to get paid and that, but that's not what I do it for. I do it for that. Do you want to come and see? Yeah. And they come up and it's just... That's what I do it for. It's gone once it's happened. That's yeah. it. I, I, I sort of look at it like, you know the bit on a roller coaster where you're going click, 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 click. You get to the top, ready to go down, and you just go back to the wrong. Click, 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 click. So it's a bit of an anticlimax for me to yeah. almost finish a job. Is I want it, yeah. but I know we're back onto the road, stuff going on the click, 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 going up to the roller coaster again. And that's sort of an anticlimax. But again, I thrive on it. So it's it's a weird situation. So for me, the worst part of the job is finishing it, saying yeah. goodbye, and, and then finishing another one. And it's, it's the relentlessness of it. But at the same time, I get such satisfaction from it. It's a, a hard one. I love that. I, love that. I can definitely um, reminisce the right word. I don't want to reminisce. Since we I all think you've got, I've been doing it long enough to feel like that. Like when you're younger, you're full of, yeah, on to the next one, on to the next one. And I am like that still, but it's like you realise what you're doing it for. You're doing it for that, for the yeah. struggle. It's, it's about the climb, isn't it? It's not about the, you know? I think it's, um, that's what that I've just realised what I now meant. the um, When we were running our flowing business, I even class that as being lonely because you would do the click, 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 click and move on. And then mm. once we'd then gone into the Cockrell and Corner uh, and our website business, we get to speak to our clients daily, monthly, and we get to hold them with flooring contractors. Yes, you do do a job for Mrs. Smith twice, three times, but you again, you do the job and you disappear. But Especially you with Herringbone and these high quality LBTs, they've got a 25 year guarantee. When do you think you're coming back? <laughs> exactly. You know, that's, that's it. And that's why I think it can be lonely where you sort of, yeah. yeah, you put everything in, you get to know these people and you get to know the cat and the mother in law and whatever. And then you're out and then you're onto someone else's cat and you're. It and it's like repeat repeat and yeah i you think you have an employees you're not lonely at work you've got guys there with you but they don't care about it like you do no and you can't expect them to they're here to earn a wage and build their own dreams their own life so it is lonely because yeah. they don't have this although they're on board with you they're thinking about their weekend and their life their girlfriend they got their own lives going on and you're here thinking about your business and nothing else Absolutely. it is lonely no i love that um now this is a this is a, one of the last questions, Jeff, but the uh, this is going to be quite a hard one. And this is from one of our listeners. What is holding you back, Jeff? <laughs> it's a strong one. <laughs> well, the superpower I was referring to earlier, ADHD, it definitely yeah. holds me back as much as it pushes me forward. But it's um, it's a scary prospect to think you change anything like that. Like I was talking about the survivor thing. Like that is, It's also my weakness, but it's also what keeps me interested in this you know i get a huge kick out of it so it's also what helps me survive um yeah hmm. i've it's gone again repeat yeah. the question let me get to so the, what is holding you back Jeff? holding me back yeah that's, i guess that is and but i will mention that natalie my wife has also got adhd so yeah. she's helping me but 
if you've got ADHD and you say you think emo, you're working 10 times harder than anyone else anyways, just to be how you are. People look at you and think, oh, we need doing well. And they're doing great. They're doing something great. I'm working 10 times harder than someone without ADHD That's just right. to be normal. So you, yeah. it's, 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 it does get hard. But um, yeah, so that holds me back a little bit. The paperwork side, I don't. We mentioned earlier before we even started, I'm a bit of a, I don't even know how to do this Zoom thing. I had to get my wife to come press the buttons for me. Yeah. I don't deal with it. I got a phone and I can just about manage that. So those things hold me back, but by involving my partner in it, that's like you were talking about earlier. You, I back up her weaknesses, she backs up mine. And between us, we're doing a really good job. We're a tiny little company working off a dining room table in my house. Um, we're doing some massive contracts, huge jobs that are, you know, you trusted to go in someone's house and mess about with some herringbone flooring. It's, yeah. it's you know, it's it's a serious thing. Um, yeah. And we do we do some great work for some people doing it like that. I'm surrounded by carpet samples, and, and like you can't see, I've blurred it all out because this is a dining room table and <laughs> and the office. It's this all is stacked up with things behind me. World headquarters. That's, yeah, uh, that's yeah. it. You know, this empire of dirt I'm building. <laughs> I love it. And how do you to get the best out of yourself? How do you start your day? What's your morning routine on a really good day? Oh, I'm not good at getting up in the morning. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I get up. I do get up, but I get that coffee in me and I'm a smoker as well. I don't drink alcohol or anything like that, but I do smoke cigarettes. So coffee and a cigarette and I start to feel a bit normal. And that's it. Fire straight into it. Right. Best thing yeah. for me. Don't mess around. Get up and get going. I have. I'm like an energizer bunny. I'm 43 years old, but I'm working hard at them, doing more than I ever have done. Um, and I don't feel anything. I'm doing great. Touch wood. Yeah. Touch this oak table in front of me. Yeah. That continues. Brilliant. And where can our listeners find you, Jeff? Where's the best um, social media platforms you're on? <laughs> right. So don't phone me because I'll be busy. Don't phone the phone number. I will be elbow deep in latex or glue or with headphones on, sand in the floor. Do phone me, please do. Yeah, like I'm always approachable. But if you want immediate contact and the ball rolling, get onto the Instagram, get onto the Facebook. We've got an email. The website's just about to go up. Um, someone's constantly looking at that. So you will get an instant reply from that and we'll get the ball rolling. Come and see you, whatever, whatever your contract is, whatever your job is. Um, yeah. What one key question I didn't ask? Wh- wh- which areas do you cover, Jeff? Whereabouts are you in the country? <laughs> I, I am. A, if the thing is, when you we took touch on this earlier, I'm still just a one man band with two employees, and one of them is my wife, and very understanding. So really, it's only one. Um, <laughs> uh, and if you've got, I had a quiet week last year, and a guy called Rob Over Swindon, who's local to me in Wiltshire, he said I got a contract in Edinburgh. I looked at my diary. I said it's dead. No one's booking anything in. Why not? We'll go to Edinburgh for a bit. Yeah. So we went up to Edinburgh for a couple of months, just on and off, going back at weekends, doing a big herringbone project up there with him. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so we don't, if the money's there, I'll go there. If it makes sense, I'll go Wait, Where's there. the day-to-day yeah. stuff? Pardon? Where's the day-to-day stuff? Oh, yeah. local, if we can. Since well, Before what? COVID, I was on my own and I was working in London. I'd be in Manchester doing commercial stuff, um, or commercial kitchens all safety flooring and stuff like that. So I'd be anywhere then, literally wherever they sent me. Uh, I was contracted for a company in Bristol, so it could literally be anywhere. COVID hit, 43 fitters on that firm, shrunk down a little bit. I was one of the ones to sort of not get the phone ringing so much and I had to go local. Um, so really from since COVID, we've been really concentrating on the local stuff, getting a really good name 
locally. It was, it was part of the reason for the brand change. Uh, GR flooring, which was Jeff Remington flooring, was just to get paid. That's yeah. all it was, is to put something on an invoice. Um, I was going to do it locally again. I got my name. Um, to be honest, when I was younger, I didn't want my name on my van because my name might, it was also in the paper a little bit in the <laughs> 90s, you know. Um, so I didn't want the name on the van. We're going on, I'm 43 years old now. It's time to put the name on the van. Now granddad would be proud of me putting the name on the van, you know. Um, so it was time to do that. So since then, we've just really been building a really good name locally. Um, yeah. But we will travel anywhere. We quite regularly go over to Reading, which is just over the border into Berkshire. It's only, it's only sort of 50 minutes drive for us from here. Um, but in, in, into Andover, we literally go anywhere for the right job because um, we tend to be, we get employed for our service. Not The work's good, but it's the service you get. You know, you, there's someone on the phone who will answer, who won't avoid you. You won't get yeah. fobbed off. Also, I've been doing this a long time, so the planning, although I do fuck up, you won't know about it. I will make sure, you know, <laughs> you won't know I forgot that vital thing. I'll just turn up with it tomorrow and we'll carry on as normal. You know, so they're getting a job. Everything's taken care of. If I bring a problem, I've got a solution as well. Never go up to a customer with just a problem that you don't know what to do all, about. All the solution. You've after. got to have a solution as well. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much, Jeff. Uh, brilliant podcast. Thank you for coming on. It's been great. I, I hope it was. I'll listen back later, I'm sure, and be cringe like mad. But yeah, thank you very much. Thank it's been you. great. If you'd like to find out more information about what we do, you can visit our website at cockerellandco.co.uk. That's cockerellandco.co.uk. We also have an Instagram account, which is Cockrell and Co. And also we are on Facebook. Once again, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and we look forward to seeing you here again soon.